This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. It's good to see you again. And today I've got Sue, my wife, with me, and we're going to talk about our amazing and slightly strange animals. Ah, Welcome, Sue. It's good to have you here. Hi. So uh, we share the duties, feeding the alpacas and things. And uh, we were having a conversation the other day because it was an interesting experience. I think you'd, you'd finished your walk, sort of circular walk around the valley, and then you came across all the girls down the green path. Indeed, yes. To get back to the house, I come along the green path from the terraces and the girls come from their main fields where their stables are, where they have their breakfast. And sometimes they choose to come up along the green path to get to the terraces and the area beyond that. So now that the three young boys have gone, to their new home, and they are so well settled there. The girls have decided it's time to reclaim the terraces, the little field shelter that's there, the vantage point that means that they can see right across the valley to the boys the other side, and at times the cows in the other field. <laughs> and the cows? <laughs> oh, the oh. cows completely spooked them because they, they've not been up there for two months or so while the while the little boys have been weaned. And suddenly, across the valley, there was this herd of large animals. Which we can see all the time, because just the angle of things means that they hadn't noticed them. Yes, that's right. That's right. But the cows just carried on eating, even though, even though the girls, were, even though the girls were, were there, alert, all facing in the same direction, with, with the usual culprits issuing... Profound alarm cries. Well, oh, we had the alarm cries as well. Oh, we had yeah. the alarm cries. I, I often hear them, but I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it that morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. goodness me. Because they can go on the green path from their main their main field with the stable, their stable in it, along the green path to the terraces and beyond. They decided the other morning that that's where they were going. So when I was walking back to the house. They were walking in the other direction. Now, fortunately, the green path is wide enough for um, there to be several alpacas at a time. It's a bank on one side and trees on the other side. So it is a, it is a contained space, but it's, it's big enough. And I know them well enough now that if I approach them slowly enough and talking to them in the way that I do, then they won't get you know, unduly nervous because we're still in the position where the younger girls from last year are still, they're still getting used to being around and being around with us. So in the distance, I could see this group, this group of alpacas starting to wend their way along the green path. And it was just so fascinating, Steve, because that short walk along the green path, weaving my way through them, displayed all of their characters in <laughs> just amazing form. And as I met each little 
little cluster of them or those who were on their own, then their behaviours and the way they reacted to me and to each other was just so characteristic of them. Yeah. So, so there's a bit of a contraflow thing going on because you're you're coming back, <laughs> yeah, and they they're going out, yes, down down the path. So who who was at the front? Who first? Oh, okay, well, who do you think was at the front? Well, it's got to be Millie the matriarch, isn't it? It absolutely oh, was Millie. But the really lovely thing, I mean, Millie just assumes that you know that what she wants to do, everybody else falls in line with. So that that's both in terms of her, the way that she will lead the way forward and just expect that others come after her. But also, and this is this was the the first gem of a character that got expressed in my walk through them. Instead of facing forward, she was also doing something that's quite characteristic of her, which was she was angled to the side and finding these lovely bits of greenery to munch on. And so instead of, you know, putting her head up and straightening up when I'm approaching her, so she's facing me face on, she just stands there right across the path. Because <laughs> so actually that is Millie. Millie expects she owns, everyone. She owns it all, doesn't she? She expects people to go around her. Yeah. So, so that's precisely what I did. I walked around the back end of her, knowing that if I'm talking to her and, and calming her, then, you know, she's not going to react. And she, oh, she barely lifted her head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating. I'm, I'm going eating. to carry on. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was Millie. And it was so, you know, by that stage, I'd started to get a real smile on my face. A couple of paces on further. Who do you think came next? Oh, tricky. They do have a bit of a sequence, don't they? Um, so when was, yeah was... yeah but just think who am I? Oh okay so that's who was next okay yeah, so yeah. It'd be Megan then yeah it was absolutely Megan oh. so Megan had seen me at a distance right and had started walking towards me in the way <laughs> she, that she does, does. Um, I so need to see you she does absolutely um, and the thing with Megan is that you're never quite sure whether I need to see you is going to mean a, you know a, a nuzzle up or it's a what do you think you're doing here kind of thing? Anyway, so she walked towards me and we had the nose to nose and she sort of nuzzled up to me and did her usual sniffing round my person because that's what she does. We, we do have to say that this isn't the experience I have <laughs> when, when she's there. She, she does stand her ground, but she, she does threaten to spit whenever <laughs> she feels it. I don't know. She needs to assert herself. For me, but she she always she'll come across to you. She, yeah, she, she does. Yeah. yeah, she does. We have a we have really quite a special relationship. Mm. And that's Megan. That's number one. Mm, that's right. Um, hasn't got an ear tag in, in her ear anymore, but that's another story. Yeah. Um, and she was the first one born here in the valley, so she's yeah, she number was. one. Yeah, special, yeah. special. Yeah. And interestingly, what then happens, and this is why this walk was so characteristic of of the herd and the way they. They behave because as Megan walked towards me, the ones that were just behind her were Alice and Lily. And again, right. that's very characteristic. Yeah. Alice is is bay black and Lily is black, and um, and they were just okay, fine. We're here. We're just we're just walking forward. We're just walking on. You know, we'll say hello to you, but you know, we don't really want to fuss. But behind them 
Nia. Nia had, as soon as she heard me engaging with Megan, her head was up. And that's precisely what what Nia does. Nia's a beautiful fawn alpaca. And she's quite... um, She's quite stately, isn't she? She's mm. quite. She's not large in terms of she's fat, no. And you know, st- stockily built. We've got a couple who are like that, and, <laughs> and Megan certainly is heading in that direction. But but Nia, Nia's quite tall, mm. and her reaction when there's anything that's happening in the herd is that she'll put her head up. She wants to know what's going on, and she she also will start to walk forward. And as I walk towards her, we have an understanding about how we do this. And it, it is very much that, yeah. which is I will be calm and respectful of her. We will get quite close, but I will not presume to get too close to her. I will let her, very much with Nia, you let her take the initiative. Mm. And for that, it means going close so that she can get close enough to do this, to do the sort of facial sniffing that she wants. Nia will want to check me out mm. and check out what my intentions are. And once she's satisfied with that, she might let me sort of, you know, you know rub her neck or something like that. But it's very, very noticeable that looking down the path at that moment in time, most of them had their heads down and hers was right up because she was looking. And she's number three. She, she was is. one of the, the first crop as well, the first year we had career in the valley. So she was she was number three. And actually that also means that she and Megan, there's a little bit of rivalry. And part of the yes. reason why, why Nia does this with me yeah. is because Megan gets to me first. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's the um hold on. I'm. I just need to be present. I need to be present in Interesting here. Interesting enough, it is yeah. very much so. So carry on walking down. You know, um, then you get to the kind of middle group, which includes Owena. Owena, right? Now she's the big brown. Owena is massive. <laughs> she's, she's she's like actually the biggest actually. She, she is. She's, she's bigger big, than all the boys. She is she's, bigger than yeah. the boys. And again, it's not that she she's not fat. She's just really she's, just she's solid. Yeah. She's built and she reacts like a stallion. Mm. And actually, that level of of testosterone in her actually is very evident in some of her behaviour. Certainly, if if we're trying to do things with her. Then she's more likely to be the one who'll rear up. Yeah, she um, she does go up, and she's she's very tall anyway. And then she goes even taller when she, she yeah. But absolutely. she also gets the leaves off the trees. Yeah, she does. higher than anybody else can. Yeah, yeah, she does. And she's got huge eyes. Just, huge, she's brown, brown eyes, beautiful yeah. brown fleece, and these enormous brown eyes that she just looks straight at you. So again, she lifted her head and just wanted to have a okay, right. But because again she knows me, she wasn't she wasn't going to run away or whatever. And then we start to move towards the back end of the middle. That's where the girls who might be a little bit more skitty and are a little bit more nervous. So at that point, I'm talking to them gently, um, and some of them are going off the path and around the tree but not trees but not quite falling down the, the hillside but their sense of actually they want to put some distance mm. between me and them 
not because they're afraid of me, because um, no. we have a re- we have a calm, good relationship. But it's who they are, and it's the nature yeah. of what they. So here we are, and then in the midst of this, we've got we've got the youngsters, mm-hmm. um, who are still, you know, in that sense, learning the ways of the valley, and they they were they were starting to run around a bit more. You know, right. <gasps> do we go back to the field? You know, run back. Oh no, others. The mums aren't running back, so maybe we don't need to run back. <laughs> you know, that kind of a kind of melee around. And then right at the back. Who do you think was at the back? Oh well, it's gotta be Amelia, because she's she's the one that's always at she does that's she follows up at the rear, doesn't she? Yeah. And what we had in terms of an expression of her and also of her genetics was just astonishing. So, Amelia, of our mature adults, she's probably one of the smallest. Mm. Compact. She's compact. Um, And in one sense, I think she knows that. (laughs) Yeah. Because what she does is to assume postures, very intentionally assume postures that make her look bigger. So her sense of she's the one that guards the end mm. gets expressed as she she draws herself up to a full height, which isn't very big, but she then turns her body sideways so that, you know, she yeah. looks, you know, she's blocking you. She absolutely blocks you. But the really funny thing about this walk, Steve, was that she found the only little bit of raised ground on the green path. So this mound is, you know, 18 inches high. And her immediate reaction was she got on top of it. She was danced on top of it and standing there, standing there, you know, I am the protector of the herd. And just in front of her was her daughter. Right. So she's following. And her daughter's behaviour is now... (laughs) <laughs> mirroring mums. Yeah. So I think it's both association, but it's also it's like very much genetic. And then just, yeah. just yesterday, actually, uh, there was a point where they were all in another field and there was some anxiety going on. Oh, this is when they were, when, when they were getting a bit bothered by these, these cows. And I saw the, an animal, you know, one of our animals in the middle of the group, assuming a posture of protection and starting to do some semi-alarm cry things. But, you know, and I realised it it wasn't actually Amelia. It was Betson, who is Amelia's daughter. Yeah. So amazing. you start to see that, which was just astonishing. And the final little bit, there was another alpaca who was down with Amelia and Betsan at the very end. And that was Wenna. Now, mm. Wenna is a delightful young girl from last year. She's very, very, very dark brown, black. Um, her her bonnet goes kind of gingerish in, yeah. in the sunlight, doesn't it? Yeah. But the interesting thing was she wasn't with her mum. Mm. And that, again, is very characteristic of Wenna. And her mum. Her mum is one of our least maternal girls. <laughs> We've got a few. You know, which, she, yeah, it was, okay, I had the baby. Now can I get on with eating? Yeah. And uh, so in the midst of all of the little ones starting to run around saying, you know, 
what do I do now? Should I be afraid? Should I run back? Obviously, her mum was not in the least bit interested. So Wena went and found went and found an alpaca who was someone, interested. So, someone else, someone else who, who will and, to be fair, check. Amelia is is pretty much the protector of everybody, particularly the career. She, she is. She watches out for them. So every time we were with the alpacas, you see expressions of their characters. But to have the whole spectrum <laughs> in in the space of a walk that was probably fifty yards, something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, it was like walking through the colours, walking through the temperaments, walking through the characteristics, each of them in their own way, expressing something very much of themselves, just in the way that they responded to being on that path and Mm. me walking through them. Interesting. Yeah. I I noticed the other day with, with, uh, I was putting the food out and there are some of them that come in for the food. Um, Lily in particular, she always likes to to be in there, and I, and I can't work out whether stolen food or <laughs> mm. uh, or food she helps herself to tastes better. Uh, but she does oh, like to come yeah. in and and, yeah. and do that. And the other the others kind of will, but she always will be first in. <laughs> and if there's a an open bowl or a a bucket or whatever that she can get to, she'll she'll help herself. Which reminded me because you. This was the tail end of your walk around the valley, mm. but but the early part of that is when you go up and feed the big boys. Isn't it? Yeah, it is, <laughs> and and that, that's an interesting little ritual that goes on there now as well. They kind of developed for themselves. Absolutely, there is. What about putting the food out? Do you do you get assistance with that? <laughs> yeah, I do. When I open that door, they know that I'm going to start ladling the food into a, into a a bucket to take it out to them in their troughs, and yeah, yeah. There is one, the, in fact, the oldest boy who's there, Paris, um, who's 14. And whilst he's the oldest, he's not the top male. But yet, he's the one who'll come in and will, will you know, come alongside and, and take food out of the bucket as I'm putting it in. Because he knows he can. He knows that's okay. And the others know that he's allowed to do that he's got a special relationship he's got that he that that, and i think they know that's because he is the he's the oldest and he's the Mm. you know in that sense he's the he's the thinnest (laughs) some of the others are a lot more chunky and he's number five over the first year he was yeah but he hasn't got any tag in his ear no no either they they all kind of wear out after a while no no and also that with the boys there are certain things that I need to do in certain orders in order to make sure that everybody has enough space because otherwise Jack dominates. Oh, Jack. <laughs> he does like his food. Jack. But also to dominate. Well, he's he's the noisiest male we've got. He will tell the others where to get off. <laughs> <laughs> Too close. Move away. Too close. Move away. Move away. This is my space. And he's quite he's quite He's quite a majestic animal, isn't mm, he? Yeah. Um, well, they do get on well together. Which is, yeah, which is nice they do. Yeah. Part of the reason I think they get on as well as they do is that we know their, their hierarchies mm. and we also find ways to work within the group dynamic as it is in order to make sure that everybody gets the food they need. Yeah. And there are the ones who eat outside and then they are, there are the ones who eat inside. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. I I hope you've 
got some sort of sense of the different characters in the herd uh, and uh, some of the names you've heard before, but you you just get a sense that they they are individuals, mm-hmm. and yet they will also <laughs> pass their their behaviours genetically, which is mm. quite, really quite fascinating, I think. But uh, yeah, great. Thank you, Sue. Thank you so much for being with me today to tell some stories, and we'll see you again soon. And remember, if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.